Let's get started with prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' holy name, thank you and praise you for who you are and for all that you've done for us. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you came among us. As it says in Philippians chapter 2, though he was in the form of God, Jesus did not deem equality with God something to be grasped at, but rather he took the form of a slave, being born in the likeness of men, and thus that he he emptied himself. He emptied himself and became a man walking among us. And Lord, I just thank you and praise you for that. I thank you that you chose to abandon your home with the Father to come to be with us as a man. And and I thank you, Lord, that you lead us back home to the Father to be with you forever as part of the family of God. Help us never to take that for granted. Help us to be grateful. Lord, we repent. I just repent for those times that I take for granted the, the many, many gifts that you lavish upon me and upon uh, my family without appreciating it, the gift of a home, the gift of having a safe, warm place to live. And so, Lord, just awaken my heart, my mind, and my conscience to your call to walk with those um, families who are, uh, who are left without a place to stay, especially as it's getting cold. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I'm praying this prayer after having interviewed Joe Ader. Joe is going to be on with me in just a minute. I interviewed him yesterday morning, um, and um, last night had a chance to uh, fix it into the program and added this prayer on at the beginning. And and I'm just giving you just sort of a heads up in advance. It's a a pretty striking interview, uh, how Joe lays out for us the, the painful scourge that uh, homelessness among families is and what form it takes here in the state of Washington with really a special focus on the Spokane area. Um, this is going to be a program that I, I really do believe will awaken your mind and your heart in a way that's beautiful, in a way that's life-giving, but in a way that's also challenging. And so just be open. Be open to what the Lord is saying to you and to us about being grateful for the gifts we have, about being good stewards of those gifts, and about being willing to uh, put ourselves at the service of those who have, who do not have the things that we have been so generously given by our loving God. And so just please keep that in mind as we dive, dive into the program. And so I'm not going to hold back any longer. Let me uh, uh, get started right with the interview and enjoy it today. Well, good morning and welcome to the program. Joseph Ader, he is the executive director of Family Promise of Spokane. Joe, welcome back. I'm going to say welcome back to the program to you. Yeah, thank you so much, Tom. I'm so excited to uh, be here. Well, you know, it's uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk with you, but I'm sad that you're still around to have to talk to. And what am I talking? Why would I even say that, right? Yeah, and I think it's because rough. I think it's because of what Family Promise of Spokane is doing. The fact that you all still exist means that there is still a, a need for the mission that you're accomplishing. So the folks that are listening right now, um, there are many folks in the Spokane area that are listening, but across the state of Washington, um, we're going to be discussing something, uh, the great important mission of Family Promise of Spokane uh, that most people do not think about. And what is that thing that most people are not thinking about that you guys have at the center of your mission? Sure. Yeah. Well, when, when most people, when I say the word homeless, most people have this picture in their mind. They have this picture of, you know, the single man that's underneath the bridge with the sign and and all of that. What they're not picturing most likely is little kids. Uh, children that are experiencing homelessness and families that are experiencing homelessness. And so uh, that's who Family Promises Spokane works with is we work with families that are experiencing homelessness. So those that are caring for minor children or who are pregnant uh, that are also homeless. And uh, that demographic is growing rapidly uh, right now. Okay, so a year ago when we spoke, it was it was like last December, COVID was hitting and had been been around, and now you guys were facing your first winter with uh, with the COVID impacted reality, and now here we are. It's almost a year later, and you're saying since we last spoke, it's gotten worse. Okay, tell me what has been happening in the last year. Obviously, people are are aware of the 
almost like, you know, the, the wave, the wave of, oh, things are getting better. Now things are getting worse. Things are opening up. Things are shutting down. Uh, uh, you know, this, this economic package is going to provide some support. Now it's running out. Um, you know, but most of us, we, we absorb that from, from inside a home. And we absorb that from maybe like a, a lifestyle that's been impacted to some degree. Um, but you know what? We're not fundamentally maybe uh, deeply like wounded by the experience. But tell me about the population of folks, the families, the moms, the dads, the, the children that come through your doors and that you go out onto the streets and encounter. What's happening there in the last year? Sure. So um, throughout COVID, we've seen a dramatic increase in families that are experiencing homelessness. Here in Washington State, about a 20% increase uh, in families that are experiencing homelessness. And uh, that a lot of that has to do with, you know, we had the shutdowns, so there was lost time at work, and then we had schools that were closed for, for you know, almost a year. Uh, and, you know, if you're a single parent, and you've got children, even if your job came back, but your kids are home, then you've got to make a choice. Do I go to work or do I stay home with my kids? And, um, and so a lot of parents had to make that really difficult choice. And so families are actually lagging uh, the singles on the recovery side of things, uh, on getting back on, on their feet. And so um, that is a significant impact that we are seeing uh, in addition to that, you know, we have the eviction moratorium that's running out at the end of this month. Um, so that's been continuing to be pushed and pushed and pushed. And now it's the end of October and um, it's kind of the worst timing for it because uh, at least on this side of the state, we're gonna have snow in a couple of weeks. So um, to, to have mass evictions over the winter time is, uh, is a great concern when our shelter space and capacity is already full. And so uh, that's what we're experiencing. We're just seeing a lot more families experiencing homelessness and a lot more really little ones. Mm -hmm. yeah. So Joe, again, I'm talking with Joe Ader from Family Promise of Spokane. And you just remember that name because that'll get you to the website, familypromiseofspokane.org, familypromiseofspokane.org. Org. I'll mention the website again um, it, throughout the interview, because when you go to the, the homepage of the website, you'll see a very important virtual event. This, that means it's an event, folks. Any one of you hearing my voice will be able to participate in it. It's called 59 Minutes with Family Promise, and it's happening tomorrow uh, on the 28th at 7 p.m., and so wherever you are, you'll be able to log into this event and gain some really critical information while interacting and having a good time as well. We'll talk more about that in just a little bit. Joe, you said something that jumped out at me, and it was um, families facing eviction. That, for me, is an unknown and scary future. Now, here I am. I'm a husband. I'm a father. And what I want for my kids when I think about it is that I'm supposed to lead, provide, and protect. Lead, provide, and protect. Yes. And when I think about the home, it's, it's a way that uh, this idea of a shelter, it, it's a way of protecting my family. It, it's a sign that I'm providing for my family. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're a family where there's this vulnerability to being evicted, and you're facing the threat of a return to homelessness or into homelessness, can you give us some like insight into what that is like? Like you hear stories, I'm sure regularly, what's that like for a man or for a single mom who's mm -hmm. faced with the threat, that vulnerability to, to being made homeless with kids? Yeah, it's, uh, it's devastating. I mean, honestly, uh, we say that we meet every single family on their worst day. So the day that they become homeless with, with children, um, and for those that, that, you know, have this strong identity of what, uh, what you're supposed to provide for your kids, I mean, it's even more devastating. And so they, they come through, the, the, through our doors defeated and just, um, you know, disgraced, defeated. We had a dad, so this is a couple of years ago now, uh, mom, dad, three boys, baby on the way. 
the mom and the, and the three boys came into the shelter um, and the dad sat in the car for two and a half hours um, before he would come in the doors. Later on, after we got to know him, uh, we got to find out like he was considering leaving his family altogether at that point. Like that was, that was their start, our starting point with them. I mean, you can't get pretty, you can't get any lower than that. Uh, so you just you use two words, uh, Joe. It's like, these are not words that I think about, like in my ordinary voc- vocabulary, disgraced and defeated. Yes. And when I hear that disgraced, and it's like that sense of he's in the car, he is so embarrassed and ashamed that it's come to this. And mm-hmm. I, I got to be honest with you. I, I think that inside at least some portion of the listeners, there's at least some part of them that is thinking they're getting what they deserve. Right there's that there's that sense of somehow I'm in the situation I'm in because I've worked hard and I've been able to make happen the situation I have for my family. So if they're in that situation, somehow it's because they made a bad mistake. They failed to be responsible. Um, and there's that kind of like condescension or judgment that I think can sometimes hold back, um, hold back some folks from saying, you know what, we need to draw closer to them. Because you tell me what happens, Joe, when you draw closer to a family like that, and you begin to hear their stories. Yeah, uh, this family in particular. So they, they came in, it was during the summertime. So they were with us pretty much the whole summer. Uh, they actually say that their time in our shelter saved their marriage. Uh, cause we do lights out at nine o'clock and they were like, well, we just had to, we were laying there next to each other. So we had to talk to each other. Uh, but during that time, they got connected to some of our volunteers from a local church. Uh, and, and we got to start to rebuild kind of hope into that family. I mean, that's what you can do when you build a relationship with folks is you start to build hope, uh, and you let them see opportunities and potential that is really hard to see when you're just trying to survive. Okay. And I think that's the biggest difference that, that somebody can bring is insight into this is not the end. It's not always going to be this way. There, there is more and we, and, and there's better and, you know, we can help you through that. So that family ended up getting into uh, connected to that local church. The dad became a believer at that church. I got to baptize him. I mean, how cool is that? Uh, his his wife was baptized there as well. Um, and that became their community, right? Um, and in this family, I'm going to just t- continue the story because it's pretty dramatic uh, the way it happened. But fast forward, uh, they got into housing at the end of that summer. They actually have contacted 224 places before they found somebody to rent to them. 224, that's, that's how few housing units are available. Uh, here in Spokane, uh, it's less than one housing unit for every 100 people that are looking right now. And so, uh, but they got in, they had the baby the next week. I mean, the timing couldn't have been better with that. Um, but fast forward to the following November, um, and dad's having trouble with one of his eyes, he's having trouble with his sight. So he, he goes to the optometrist. The optometrist says, you know, it's not your eye. There's a, there's a tumor behind your eye. You've got a brain tumor. And so here's this family that they, you know, are less than a year out of homelessness. They are, you know, thrust back into crisis mode uh, with this. Um, but uh, and they've got to go to Seattle from Spokane to Seattle for specialist appointments. And how are they going to get there? And how are they going to pay for a hotel? And who's going to watch their kids while they are dealing with this, you know, pretty severe life crisis? But because they had built this church community, they wrapped around them, took care of all of that, right? Took care of their kids, made sure they got there, helped them with the hotel, you know, supported that family. And I think that is the the significant thing. So when we talk about, you know, they did it to themselves. One thing that you need to understand is there's one common denominator in all of homelessness, just one. And Tom, can you guess what that is? 
Gosh, you know, I was I was trying to be really quick and clever and come up with the thing, and I was just thinking, I, I I'm going to surrender and humbly say, I'm going to sure. look to you. <laughs> what is the answer? Sure. Yeah. So no matter if you're talking about teenagers that are homeless or single individuals that are homeless or families or veterans or senior citizens, the one common thing that they have across the board is there's a loss of relationships, right? Whether that is because they have done sinful things or sinful things have been done to them or just circumstance, they have lost relationships to the point to where they've got nowhere else they can turn. And so they end up on the street. So homelessness is not a lack of housing. It's a loss of relationships. So if you keep that in mind, you can get people into housing all day long, but you've got to rebuild connections. You've got to rebuild relationships because that's the safety net that is uh, that provides for us. Okay, I'm talking with Joe Ader, the Executive Director of Family Promise of Spokane, and we're going to get to the 59 Minutes of Family Promise in, in just a minute, in just a minute. How about that? Uh, <laughs> um, but I, I want to explore that a little bit more. The, the common denominator is a loss of relationships. Um, when I think about the last year and a half with COVID, mm-hmm. and I think about where has um, one of the greatest sources of pain um, been it's been around the, the sense of diminished or, or in, introduction of conflict into relationships that were normally very free and flourishing. And that could be between neighbors. It could be between people that are just out in public, um, walking into a store because of, of different ways that people are relating to, to COVID protocols. It could be between families that are living in different areas who are saying, you can't come here because, and all of a sudden, it's like you get to taste uh, in, a, in a, a small way, a degree of tension, a degree of suffering or a degree of loss in those most like secure relationships. And I have to say for a lot of families, that's really hard and it's a bit overwhelming. And, and so I want to say that we're just like touching it. And you're saying that they're immersed in it. They're plunged in the midst of that sense of loss. And, and I got I to gotta say, wow, when you're feeling that sense of being cut off from, from others and you're by yourselves, mm-hmm. that is one of the hardest, that has to be one of the hardest things of all. And, and I love the family promise of Spokane is not just about saying, not only about saying, here, we're going to solve this functional, practical issue you're facing. No, we're going to wrap around your family relationships care, love, we're going to restore what's been lost. And oh, by the way, in doing that also help you walk to a place of healing, walk to a place where you can be a little less broken, a little bit more whole, where you can have a sense of hope for the future. I mean, those are, talk about it. That's, that's a crucial, crucial mission. And uh, so just thank you for doing that. And, and so I, I know when people hear like stories like this, they're like, how do I get involved? How do I get involved? And so I know that there are many ways to get involved right on the ground that you guys have. If you're out here in this, uh, in the Spokane area, and maybe even across the state, you can address that. But first talk about what's happening tomorrow, the 59 minutes with family promise, because folks, I want you to hear about a way to learn more, get connected and actually be of service and help accomplish the mission of family promise. So tell us about 59 minutes with family promise, Joe. Sure. So we, um, we traditionally have had this really kind of silly, fun uh, vibe with our organization and, and a lot of the stuff that we do historically, I don't know if you've, you know, had that Ted Lasso idea, but that, that kind of fun, uh, energetic idea. But um, uh, we've, we've figured that this winter, we need something a little bit more serious. And so uh, what we are putting forward is 59 minutes. So it's a takeoff of the 60 minutes, uh, you know, television magazine program where you go in depth into a topic. Uh, but 59 minutes with Family Promise is uh, really focused on going in depth into uh, family homelessness, uh, looking at what, what the reasons are behind it, and also how you as uh, as a member of our community uh, can engage in this topic. 
um, in, in what that looks like for you. And so it's kind of a kickoff for a lot of folks to get involved in, in, in their simple steps. You know, you can give donations, which is a simple way to, to get involved. But then also uh, we will follow that up with, okay, here's some action steps that you can do. Here's some things in the coming weeks and coming months. We're coming into the thanks, or Thanksgiving and Christmas season. You know, what, what can you be doing uh, during this time period uh, to engage in this topic for your neighbors that are in need? Or if you are in need, what types of things can you be looking at and reaching out for help, uh, honestly? I think that's tremendous, Joe. Um, and folks, go to familypromiseofspokane.org, familypromiseofspokane.org. Again, it's just all, it's, it's spelled as one word, familypromiseofspokane.org. And you'll see a, a, a very prominent little link to the 59 minutes, um, the 59 minutes with Family Promise coming up. It's, it's again, it's tomorrow. It's October the 28th, tomorrow at 7 p.m. And it's virtual. So that means folks, if wherever you are, if you're in the, the Puget Sound area, if you're in Yakima, if you're uh, again in this area, um, you can join in and um, give us a little sense of, at, okay, so it'll be at seven o'clock. Now you go to Family's Promise of Spokane, you can get tickets and these tickets seem pretty expensive. How much are these tickets? They're super expensive. They're free. Free. Okay, folks, but, did you hear that? Free. So when you click onto that, you can. It'll just. It's going to ask you to uh, fill in some information, um, just so that they'll know where to send the link. You'll be able to get involved. Uh, it'll give you the information. Um, you'll be able to just again, just give them a little bit of information to know where to send, how to register for the event, and then, yeah. um, and so when they join in. Um, give us a sense of like how they're going to be able to get involved in, in terms of hearing more. What will be some of the things that they'll experience? Sure. Uh, they'll experience a lot. I mean, we will, we will show a lot of stories of, of families, those that are, you know, in the midst of struggling, but also those who have made it through, uh, you know, made it through on the other side. I mean, how much, how much are we seeking hope uh, and seeking to find hope. So there will be true real life. Like this is a, a real serious moment uh, in our history. We've never seen anything like uh, what we've experienced the past year and a half. And we've never seen the levels of homelessness that we are experiencing right now. So that's real. We got to be honest about that. Um, there's actually last year, there were two and a half million homeless kindergarten through 12th grade students in our country. To put that into perspective, so I'm saying two and a half million, to put that into perspective, during the Great Depression, the highest estimate of homelessness was two million. Wow. The Great Depression. And so we had more school-age kids homeless in our country last year than we had total homelessness during the Great Depression in our country. So, I mean, I'm just trying to give some perspective. So that's, that's real life. Uh, that's really what's going on. So you'll, you'll gain that, but you also gain, okay, but what do we do about it? And that's probably where the biggest thing is that um, that's the most difficult part about homelessness is it just looks so overwhelming. Like how do I, how do I as a regular citizen do anything about something that's just so extreme and overwhelming? And, um, and what I can say is you can do something. Mm-hmm. Right. And so this video will be a kickoff to, for doing that. Uh, this this opportunity, this event will be a kickoff for doing that. And it's going to cost you an hour of your time, one minute less than an hour of your time. So, I mean, can you commit to that? That's that's what we're asking. And so uh, and then that will give you enough information to then start to take a next step of what does that look like for me to engage? And that could be, like I said, that could be giving a donation that could be volunteering that could be contacting your congregation and saying, Hey, this is something that we need to get involved in. And for my folks that are out there that are Christians that are believers in Jesus Christ. One of the big things I want to point out is we worship a God that was born a homeless child. Right? So, I mean, how closer of a connection and I actually spent time you know, wandering around with a group of friends, we see him sleeping in a field, we see him sleeping underneath a tree. Uh, so obviously did not always have a roof over his head, even in his even in his ministry time. 
And so I, I want to kind of put that out there. Like there's not a closer group uh, that, that you can get to that, that had lived a life that's similar to Christ than this group. And um, when I'm talking about the babies, that's another side effect that we've seen of COVID over the past couple of years is a major increase in newborns that we have seen in our shelter. Actually, the largest group, uh, single age group that we serve is under one year old. So, wow. so, yeah, so since 2018, 118 newborns, 118 newborns since 2018 have come through our shelter. So, and when people are thinking of homelessness, nobody's thinking of that. I'm talking with Joe Ader. He's the executive director of Family Promise of Spokane. Joe, you you went um, to the biblical reality of Jesus Christ and the fact that he was born in a stable, right? There was no room at the end. And I think remember we had that conversation. It's like the guy that is going to be really like hiding in heaven is the innkeeper, right? Hopefully he's in heaven and he's the guy who said no to letting no room for you at the end. And so having to be born in a stable and it's like, I don't want to be that guy. I, I, I want to be the guy that says, we have room. We'll make room. We'll make space for you to come in. But today I'm thinking of uh, the time where Joseph and, the, and Mary, the Blessed Mother, they had to flee because their baby, Jesus, was mm-hmm. threatened with being slaughtered, the, the, sla- the slaughter of the innocents. In some ways, COVID, in, through homelessness, is 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 a form of slaughter of the innocents, and you have you know here we are seeking a place of refuge, you know mm-hmm. Joseph and Mary went to Egypt to seek a place of refuge, a place of shelter, yeah. and it's like, um, what can we do, my brothers and sisters? You are hearing Joe talk with me today. What can we do to? I, I guess here's the key word: be open to be led into relationship with. The homeless. Um, I think that um, uh, if we are willing to even just be prompted by the Lord to just say, you know, Lord, draw me into connection with the homeless, so that it's it's not a category, it's a face, it's a name, it's not the homeless, it's not homeless families, it's Stacy, it's Bill, it's. Uh, the uh, baby, baby, you know, uh, Jim, right? It, 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 these are faces and names. And when, when you are, when you, when you take the risk of allowing yourself to be drawn into nearness, drawn into connection, everything changes. It's like it's amazing how we become converted, right? It's we think we're going to go there to help, and all of a sudden we become changed because we were willing to hear this prompting, this call from the Lord, and respond to be drawn into relationship with the poor. Now that's a bold statement, Joe. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I would even take a step further and say, that's our mission as believers, right? Uh, the great commission, go and make disciples of all the nations. And you can't do that without relationship, right? You can't, you can't build a disciple, which is a follower, right? You can't have somebody following you unless you build a relationship with them, right? And so uh, I know we have all of these, you know, terms for followers on the internet, um, but really it's it's a, a close relationship with somebody that's, that you're one step ahead of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's all you need to be is one step ahead because uh, for to have somebody else follow you uh, and take a, take a step in your footsteps. And so I, I think, I think relationships is the key. And I think there's, I think the the church, the big C church is the only thing in our community that has that as its mission, right? We're never going to have enough school teacher teachers. We're never going to have enough social workers. We're never going to have enough police officers to make a dent in this issue. The church is the thing that has to get involved. Mm-hmm. And and has to be part of it, and it's the only one that is commissioned to do that. Well, you, you know, you're right, and that's it's like, um, are we willing to let the gospel shine a light on our lives that is so convicting that we have to take action? Right, that's what yeah. it is. Are we willing to be converted? And I think that um, a lot of mission is held back simply because of indifference. We just 
don't care enough. I know that's a really, that's a strong, it's a strong statement, but the fact that it, it, I would rather remain comfortable than let a conviction upset my own ability to decide how I spend my time and my money and my energy and to care enough to be disrupted from my normal lifestyle to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to be willing to give of myself to time, energy, finances, giftings to help another family. I think, I think we're moving more into that kind of moment in our country where Mm -hmm. it's like the good things that the Lord has put into our hands they're for us because he loves us, but they're not only for us. They're for the yeah. sake of others, others who have needs. And when I think about uh, in the scriptures again, um, who was the first object of care of the kings of Israel? The first object of care were the Anawim, the poor, the ones who had none to advocate for them, the widows and the orphans. There it is, the widows and the orphans, those who had none to care for them. In so many ways, I, it, it, I hear you speak, Joe, uh, about family promise of Spokane, and you're fulfilling uh, this, this mandate. You're, you're manifesting the heart of Jesus to say, I have a first care for those who are powerless, for those who have none to advocate for them, who have no ability to climb out of the situation they're in. I need you to go in there and to be with them because that's exactly what Christ did for us when he, when he died for us on the cross is he went to the place where we could never get out of on our own. And he set us free so that we could know we're children of God. And I'm going to guess those folks who are devastated, disgraced, feeling ashamed, uh, feeling defeated, that the, the last thing that is real for them is this sense that you are meant to flourish as a child of God. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, the hope of the good news is what is needed, right? We, and, and it's not just needed. I'm going to jump back to what you were talking about earlier about, you know, we've spent this past now 20 months uh, in this, this COVID quarantine, whatever this time period is, and, and history will, will determine what we call this time period. But we've spent this time period in a lot of us have felt this this sense of loss, this sense of despair, uh, have gone through depression, have, right? And, and that's, you know, when we have hopes. And so add another layer of complexity being homeless with children to that already since. But it gives us a slight indication of, you know what? What we really need now is hope. What we really need now is somebody to breathe life back into us. And in scripture is pretty clear that when we serve others, uh, there's something that happens within us. Uh, there's, there's something in, in, and that's where we see this. And, and even I would say, even going back to like, that's the main, one of the main points of, of all of scripture is to sacrifice and serve somebody else. Okay. That, that is the main point. And we haven't heard a lot of that in the past couple of years. Uh, we've heard a lot of, you know, I'm going to do this for me and my rights and whatever in, in society and everywhere else. And that's, that's fine. But I mean, even going back, to, I'll, I'll go back Isaiah, right? So Isaiah, Isaiah 58, he's talking about what's the point of prayer and fasting. Like in most of the time we pray and we fast, we, if we do that, we are like, okay, I really need to hear from God for myself. I really need to, to gain something for myself. I'm, I'm in this traumatic time and I need to know what to do. But if you read that, it talks about the point of fasting is so that you go without so that you can provide for others. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, and it talks about bringing the poor and homeless into your homes. I mean, that's a pretty dramatic jump from uh, where we are today. And so I, I just, I know there's all kinds of safety issues and all kinds of stuff that goes along with that, but I'm just saying that's what uh, we are called to in our scriptures. And so um, I think that aspect of serving others and bringing hope uh, into somebody else's life simply by being there uh, is, the, is the key 
to this. Well, and you know, uh, Joe, again, I'm talking with Joe Ader, the executive director of Family Promise. Please go to familypromiseofspokane.org, familypromiseofspokane.org. And um, you can join and please do this free virtual event. It's happening tomorrow. That is on the 28th of October on Thursday evening. It begins at seven and it's done by 759. So it's not even an hour of your time, a virtual event. It's free of charge. And it's going to give you a chance to draw close to those who are committed in living this reality of helping and the scourge of family hopeless uh, homelessness. Uh, actually, it's, it's so much more personal than that. It's helping homeless families, especially, again, these families that have infants, have little babies. I mean, it's just, again, so shocking to me, Joe. Joe, when I think about, um, when I think about hearing what you say, um, one of the, the lines that I hear is that some go, uh, some, some give by going, others go, by giving. Mm -hmm. And so you give to this mission of ending family homelessness by going. It's your job. It's what you do. It's your call. You are on the front lines being the face and hands of Christ to walk with these families and help these families get connected by preventing and providing and preparing. Um, Others who hear this are like, that's too much for me. I, it's overwhelming to me. Well, folks, mm -hmm. you can share in that mission. You can be part of the hands and feet of Christ touching these families by giving. You go by giving. And so mm -hmm. Joe is giving by going. You can go by giving. And so no matter where you are in the state, no matter where you are hearing my voice, you can go to familypromiseofspokane.org. There's a donate button right there on that page. If you go to the 59 minutes with family promise, you'll see right at the bottom, you can donate right there. So even if you can't make it, if you believe in this mission that you're hearing about, you, you can give right now. You don't have to even wait. Joe, you, you wouldn't mind if people gave right now, would that, would you? No, I think you'd no. be okay with that. <laughs> no, that, that would be fantastic. I mean, we, this, this winter is going to be really, really difficult. Uh, it's going to be really challenging. Our shelters here are already full. We turned away 156 people uh, last month, 81 children, just because there's no space uh, right now. And so we're going to need help. We're going to need finances to open up some emergency you know, weather shelters for families this winter. But as little as $24.50, you could house a child for their first night. All right. $24.50 per day, per per family member. Um, so it's pretty, I mean, I think we can come up with that, right? Uh, if you're listening to this broadcast, most likely you can come up with something as small as that. We'd love it if you could sign up for monthly, because then we can count on that, that essential fund coming in each month and, and helping another family for another night. Um, I do want to share something. So we talked about homeless families and, um, I really want to put out there this idea of uh, we say homeless first, but we probably should say families first and then experiencing homelessness because mm -hmm. it's a time period. It's an experience that they're going through. It's not their identity. Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a certain time period. And each of these families, um, every single one of them has something that they can do better than I can do. Okay. Better than you can do. There's, there's unrealized potential in all of these families and all of these kids um, that, that we serve. We've had state champion wrestlers that were living at our shelter. We have had, um, you know, top 50 in the country and knowledge bowl students that have, have come through our shelter. So, I mean, really intelligent folks. We've had, um, I, I'll just uh, share a story from the other day um, we had a, an event the other day where the credit unions were uh, volunteering and helping out in our area. And uh, during that time, one of the families that had uh, had been out came back to the shelter and the mom literally came hopping up to me. I mean, if, if you can picture that in your mind, kind of like a rabbit hopping. She was so excited. She comes hopping up to me and she says, I got into housing. I, I got approved for my apartment. I'm moving out on Tuesday. 
we have been homeless for three years. And then she just, you know, broke down and started crying. And she said, you know, we've been with you for three months and now we're in our own place. Uh, we're going to have our own place. And so that's the, that's the joy of this part of it uh, is to see those families, you know, just get that small step into housing. But there's a lot of steps after that to get to stability. And those all require relationships and, and, and a building forward. And so um, she's just one representative sample. We've actually housed, uh, even during COVID, 318 people since July of 2019. Uh, and we are doing that in the midst of really difficult housing crisis and a really difficult pandemic. Um, that's actually a hundred more than all of the other shelters in our area combined. Um, so we, we really, uh, we don't want to see people and we don't want to see kids in shelter. Um, and so like you started out the broadcast with, you know, I'm sorry, we still, you're still ex in existence. Um, I feel that same way, honestly, like the day that we can close these shelters down because they are no longer necessary is going to be a fantastic day. But until that time comes, uh, we're here for that. And, and we need you as a community to be partnered with us in that. So uh, Joe, again, Joe Ader is talking with me to the Executive Director of Family Promise of Spokane. Joe, this is our second interview. Uh, your first interview was very touching to me. I remember it. And um, I wanted to get my kids involved. I wanted to participate. And at that time, because of the shutdown protocols, there was not an ability to do that. And um, I, I, I'm really impressed by, uh, sincerely impressed and moved by the, I, I, the phrase that I use is continuum of care. Like you meet folks at a place where you help them prevent becoming homeless by providing them with assistance, but you do more than just that, right? Just like helping them to kind of figure out what to do next, but you help them to provide a place to stay, an emergency shelter, get them into some kind of housing, and then you prepare them for the future, right? So that, that continuum of care where you walk with them. And mm -hmm. what you really need are folks to walk with you. You mentioned giving $24.50 once can help provide uh, a bed, a room, a, a place for folks to go. And then if they could do that on a monthly basis, what you're really looking for are people to walk with you in relationship on a monthly basis to be able to say, look, if we can count on you guys to walk with us, then we'll be empowered to walk with these families. And so, Joe... Yeah. Just literally, as you've been sharing, um, I went online and I made a donation and awesome. I made it a monthly donation. Uh, it's not $24.50. Um, uh, so I'm, we're going to donate as a, as a family $100 a month to, to your effort, your mission. Thank um, you so much. That's amazing. Absolutely. Well, I, I, um, God has, has blessed me, but God has also given me the privilege of being drawn into nearness into relationship with the poor, with mm -hmm. the homeless, with those who are in a distraught, broken, distressed situation. Um, in, in the last you know, 40 years, uh, in any number of ways, everything from serving with Mother Teresa's sisters um, in, a, um, in, a, uh, in a shelter in Rome, um, mm -hmm. And watching them have a food kitchen and then, and then they turn it after they've done feeding into an emergency, just shelter for, for homeless men. Uh, and then seeing the homeless women that they were serving who are fleeing uh, distressing situations because of violence. Um, a lot of these folks were, again, were refugees who just found themselves in Rome. Yes. They, they, this is the place where they ended up. And so they were just desperate. And to see these sisters, Mother Teresa's sisters, um, know the names of the people that were the men that were coming to them and to see the way the men just felt dignity because they knew they could get some food, they could get a place to sleep, but they could also become named. They could get that sense of my dignity is restored because of the love in the eyes of, of one of Mother Teresa's sisters naming them and speaking to them words that just build them up, right? And, and that's just one. I could, go, I could go on and talk about any number of opportunities where 
I have been privileged to be drawn into nearness with those who are in those kind of situations. And it's like, I want that for my kids. I want my kids mm-hmm. who can live comparatively such comfortable, easy lives to be drawn into nearness with those who are really struggling and suffering to give them a sense of I'm with you. We're with you. And we want you to know that you have dignity and you have a hope. Yeah. And, and this is an opportunity to do that. I mean, we serve families all the time. So families can serve together uh, with us. We, we are starting to open back up for, for uh, in-person volunteer opportunities. And, and we will continue to, to broaden those as we approach 2020. Uh, and uh, there's, there's opportunities available. There will be a lot more too um, as, as we approach uh, this new year. And I'm, there's very few things that we could give our children uh, that would make a bigger impact on them and on their futures than uh, the opportunity to see uh, a different reality than what they have. Um, and, and I know, I mean, for me, uh, the way I got involved in, in this in the first place is I went on a, uh, I thought I was going to camp uh, when I was, when I was 13, I thought I was going to youth camp. And so I was expecting like the mountains and tents and stuff. And we ended up staying at an hourly motel in inner city, Los Angeles with prostitutes and their kids for the week. Um, so pretty dramatically different than, than the youth camp experience that I was thinking I was going to have. Uh, but that made a profound impact on my life, just seeing those kids, many of whom were my same age, but our lives were so very different. Uh, and, and just, uh, you know, gave me a desire to get involved. And so, yes, get your kids involved, get your grandkids involved. Um, and there's small ways to do that, uh, you know, just uh, sponsoring a meal, uh, providing that it's getting your churches to open up their doors, uh, particularly throughout this winter, to house uh, individuals in that are experiencing homelessness. And then the, the other thing I I, I want to just uh, point out here is, you know, when a lot of people you're like, you know, I'm talking about families, and they're like, okay, great, but I don't see families, right? I see what I see on my street, what I see in the tents in front of my workplace, what I see is single individuals that are homeless. And, um, and so, yes, you, families are hidden. They've always been hidden. They, they, it's not safe for them to be downtown. So they are sleeping in cars and in parks and uh, things like that. But here's what I can tell you. Those that are street homeless were likely homeless as children, okay? So my kids, so the kids that are coming to our shelter are the most likely future street homeless. So what we are seeing on the streets today is what we did not do 10 and 15 years ago. Um, So if you want to make that change 10 and 15 years from now, this is the group you got to be serving uh, so that we can provide and help them get to stable life and understand stability um, moving forward. And so and like I said, or like you said, we, we do prevention work. So we provide rental assistance to help families to pre- prevent them from becoming homeless in the first place. We are the first agency in Eastern Washington to do that. Um, and we're doing a lot of that this year, $4.7 million of that wow. trying to prevent families from becoming homeless. Uh, if they do, then we, we want to provide shelter for them. Uh, to help them get back onto their feet and into housing. But then we want to stay with them for up to two years and really connect them into rebuilding stable life uh, for themselves and their families. So they do not revert back to homelessness. We're really proud of our success rates. Uh, 94% of those that we get into housing stay in housing, um, which is which is significant uh, in, in our field because usually you see this revolving door of in and out of homelessness. Um, and so um, that's a, a significant difference for us. That's really powerful, Joe. Again, I'm talking with Joe Ader. He's the executive director of Family Promise of Spokane. And folks, you, you've heard me mention this uh, 59 minutes with Family Promise. And it's just such a, uh, an important thing to gain an awareness. If you can, please sign up. It's free. 
to the virtual event happening on Thursday, the 28th. That's tomorrow at seven o'clock in the evening. And uh, it, you give 59 minutes to learn more, to be drawn into nearness, to hear the testimonies, to get connected. Uh, you'll be moved. And who knows the way the Lord will move you to help be part of that work of preventing, providing, and preparing those families that come into contact with Family Promise to have a future, to have a hope, to have a sense of, you know what, we don't have to be, we'll move from disgrace to grace, right? we're from defeated to, to triumph, to, to a sense of, of having uh, a, a way for a dad, a mom to say, I, I'm providing for my family, I'm protecting my family, I'm leading my family into a better place. And, and the fact that this is in, in involving so many more babies and little children is just so striking to me. So folks, there's a lot at stake right now. There's a lot at stake because um, this eviction moratorium is at risk of ending. And if it is, that's going to be a flood of new homeless, new homeless families. Um, and so thanks be to God, Joe, there are efforts like Family Promise of Spokane that are taking action to do something about it. And so folks, I really hope that you will not only pray for Joe and for Family Promise of Spokane, but that you'll learn more by going to familypromiseofspokane.org and just be open to what the Lord would do. Be open to what the Lord might prompt in you. Participating in this event free of charge, click on that 59 minutes with Family Promise, or maybe get involved in another way. If you're out here in this area, um, as opportunities open up, maybe you can be part of the volunteer group that is uh, uh, taking action to support the mission. But if you're at a distance or even if you're locally and you want to you wanna go by giving, please do that. Click on the donate button and you can be sharing in the very mission of Family Promise of Spokane by giving from the richness that the Lord has placed in your hands. So, Joe, I'll give you the final word. Um, anything you'd like to share as we finish up our time together? Well, you know, I just want to say thank you. Thank you, Tom. Thank you for the listeners uh, for allowing our families to have a voice um, and have a voice on this program. Um, I think often what they feel like is they are forgotten um, in, in our community, in our society, even in homelessness, because when people talk about homelessness, they're not talking about these families and kids. And so thank you for, for giving them a voice and hearing their voice uh, today. And um, and I just want to uh, encourage your listeners to, um, if you're moved at all by this, are you struck by anything by this, uh, to take that next step, um, you know, sign up for that 59 minutes. And if you can't do that, uh, you know, go to the website, connect with us, like us on Facebook. We are posting stories of families and success stories all the time. So if you want something that's encouraging and hopeful uh, around this topic, like our Facebook page, um, and you'll see what's really happening. So we see some really good success stories. Almost every week, there's, there's multiple families that are getting into housing for the first time in a long time. Um, and then you can also see, you know, some of those that are not traditional, grandparents that are caring for their grandkids, grandfathers and dads, single dads uh, that, are, that are stepping up and, and trying to make a difference, caring for their kids on their own, um, and we see those stories and success stories as well. So just want to encourage you guys with that. Uh, thank you so much for letting us be here with you. Absolutely. That's Joseph Ader with Family Promise of Spokane. One last time, familypromiseofspokane.org. Thank you, Joe, for being with me today on Sound Insight. Thank you.